Welcome back to another episode of the Wins and Losses Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Perez. Of course, I have the coldest co-host, as always, with me. It's cold Star here. in the building, of course. Make sure if you guys are new to the channel, make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff, as always. And as always, of course, we did bring in a new guest. I'm very proud that we were able to get this guest on today, simply because this guy is a living legend in Arizona. He's a living legend at Millennium. Everyone knows about him. He is part of your home team the arizona diamondbacks uh mr josh rojas how's it going man? thanks for having me guys hey. that's cool no nah, thank you man i you know i know you know i respect the whole guidelines and everything like that i appreciate you even you know joining in with us on the zoom meeting man especially yeah, well, i wish i definitely wish i could have come in but uh looks like a cool little setup but yeah we have all <laughs> these quarantine policies now so you know crazy hey. times no, exactly, man. It's all good, man. I appreciate it. I mean, especially, I know, don't you guys start up spring training tomorrow? Yeah, no, we started uh, last Monday. So, yeah, oh, first game is tomorrow. First game is tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, against uh, the Rockies, right? Something like that? Right. Yeah, how do you feel about that so far? You prepared? I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a long, it felt like a long off season, you know, with all the, all the mm-hmm. stuff going on. Couldn't really do much. Just had to keep your nose down and, and grind and get ready for the season. No, definitely, man. How, how Speaking of that, how has COVID impacted, like, your training and stuff like that, man? Uh, um, It was – so last offseason we had that first initial shutdown when the NBA had their positive test. They kind of just shut us down. Uh, There's really – everybody shut down, so there's nowhere really to train. It was just backyard workouts, online yoga, and just whatever <laughs> you could get done. So, Some hot yoga. I mean, I mean now there's, uh, there's a lot more – places open the place where i usually train every off season was open they obviously had their protocols you know temperature checks um contact tracing so they kept us pretty safe there so it was it was a good spot to be oh no no that's good man as long as you know safety is number one of course yeah i really wanted to get first into um kind of like the journey of your whole process of getting to where you're at today um you know most people don't know but uh we have you know, somewhat of a background all the way back to the young gun days, man. Um, and I really wanted to start all the way back there, man. You know, at the end of the day, all of that is playing at Litchfield Park as well has led you to where you're at today, I'm assuming. Um, were you growing up like we're always playing infield or? Um, yeah, so it was, it started, I mean, obviously, you know, you start playing the game and you become a fan of the game and uh, you have your favorite players, your favorite teams. And then you obviously strive to be one of those guys. So obviously that's where that's where the dream started. Um, when you start playing when you're a young kid, you see the guys on TV having so much fun, and you hope to one day be able to do that as your job. So, yeah, the dream started back in uh, Little League club ball days where I played with your older brother. Um, mm-hmm. those, are, those are fun games, you know. The, the, it, it's a different type of baseball, you know. Back then, it's 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 just for it's fun, you know. You're you're trying to win tournaments. You're playing with guys you grew up with. You're playing with guys in your neighborhood. So uh, there's, I mean, the bragging rights are really just who's who's whose hood is better than whose. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, that, those, it's just bragging rights at that point. It's it's fun, and then as the levels get higher, mm-hmm. the stakes become a little bit higher. You're playing for different stuff when. I mean, in high school, you're trying to play for state championships. You get to college. Now you're playing for scholarship money, um, yeah. trying to get college paid for. And then, obviously, if you get drafted, which I was lucky enough to do, now you're trying to play. You're that much closer, and you're trying to play and get to your ultimate goal, which is make the big leagues. 
So there's there's uh, levels and and the the stakes become different depending on the level you're at. No, exactly, definitely, man. Was was the dream always to, um, you know, kind of like play in the infield or outfield or do you have a specific position that's your favorite? Because I know you started off, um, you know, playing. Yeah. Weren't you catching back in the day? I was. So yeah. <laughs> I was doing a little bit of everything. I think. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up with my dad being the coach, um, and I and I can't thank him enough for. I know you you have a lot of players that play for their dad and they play they get to play their favorite position all the time. So mm-hmm. um you know that it's always that coach's kid privilege, <laughs> you know that, you, that yeah. you, when you're playing with the coach's kid, you hate it cuz he gets to play whatever position he wants, but it was never like that for me. It was you know I like you said I was catching in little league and that kind of just started because we had some guys that threw hard um mm-hmm. And there was only a few guys that could catch them, so I was willing to do that. Mm-hmm. I caught in club ball, and then uh, we got some players that could catch. That was their primary position. So then I moved to the infield. We got some infielders who was that was their primary position. So I moved to the outfield, um, and then it was kind of just a move all over. And I think we had a lot of guys on that Young Guns team that that moved all over. You know, I, I remember there were some tournaments where. My dad would kind of draw names out of a hat to see who was playing where because <laughs> everybody could play every position and everybody can hit at any spot in the lineup. So it was kind of a draw them out of a hat. Let's see what we got today. And then when we get to those uh, those elimination games, then it was kind of, all right, who fits in what position the best? Mm-hmm. So I think my dad, without even knowing it, kind of prepared me to be able to move all over the, the field. And as I got each level – I kind of, I mean, I have my, I, I feel most comfortable at second base, but I think I came up with that mentality of however I can get in the lineup and however, whatever helps the team. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody can only play second, then I'll be the guy to move to, to right or left or second or third. Um, that's kind of how I came up. So I think that's now my favorite thing to do it, it is guard and kind of look at the lineup and and see oh I'm playing here today or I'm playing here today you know that mm-hmm. I kind of enjoy that now so I do have a favorite position most comfortable position would be second base but I do enjoy moving it around oh that's great man exactly because right now I think you know you're kind of moving around all over the place uh you know within the uh, D-backs lineup and stuff like that especially def- uh, defensive positions but I think that's a uh, that's I like how you said you know wherever coach puts you, that's where you're going. You know what I mean? Uh, having that mindset of not being a little selfish and kind of just, uh, you know, thinking what's best for the team is kind of actually what helps you grow as a, as an individual too. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, having that flexibility just mm-hmm. gives you more opportunity. Um, that was the main thing that we tried to create cause I got drafted by Houston mm-hmm. and that first year, they, so I actually got drafted as a third baseman, even though I only played one year there. So mm-hmm. when I got there, I kind of had to tell them, like, hey, this isn't my primary position. I play second base. <laughs> so yeah. I was moving between second and third. You told them that? Like, you just told them straight up? like, Yeah, I was just like, hey. I mean, because so one of my best friends from the Astros organization, he was a third baseman primarily. Mm-hmm. And he was a better third baseman than me. So <laughs> I kind of saw him playing, and I was like, how am I going to play when this guy's a better third baseman? He hits well. Like, yeah. <laughs> I might as well just tell him, like, hey, I can play other positions too. I don't want to be stuck behind this guy. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, I told him like, hey, I I'll, I could take ground balls at second or or wherever you need me. Like I, I'm not just the third baseman. So they were they were okay with that. And then that was in 17. Following year in 18, they kind of saw that I could play multiple positions. So we worked on it. And it wasn't until we had a couple injuries in the outfield where our manager was like, hey, can you play outfield? I was like, yeah, I played yeah, there yeah. too. <laughs> I'll play, I play there too. So I uh, went and played a couple games in outfield. And then when I came back for 19, that's when they kind of made it a focus. Because if you looked in the big leagues, there was mm-hmm. only a few utility guys. There was Marwin, who was with the Astros at the time, Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, and then you have Kike Hernandez, who was with mm-hmm. the, the Dodgers. And those were really the only two, like the two main guys that were playing multiple positions on a regular basis. So they were like, the way they put it was, you can either compete with all the second basemen in the league or all the third basemen in the league, whatever you want, or Mm -hmm. you can compete against only two guys who are playing the utility position. Mm -hmm. And when they put it like that, I was like, well, I mean, your opportunities expand when you're, you can either compete against all the established big leaguers at one position or you compete mm-hmm. against the two, three, four guys that are playing all the positions. Yeah. Oh, that's smart. So that's they, better. I worked every day with them there. I mean, I'd be playing second base in the game, but before the game I'd be working in the outfield or third base or, you know, I, they had a plan on every day we're going to get better at a different position. Mm-hmm. So I think no, it was that... at 19, I played every position except for pitcher, catcher, and center. So I was everywhere. You never pitched at all? Like, at all? No, no. You never? I think I pitched. I, the last time I pitched for real was, like, in Little League, you know. Oh. Those those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pitching's, pitching's a whole other ball game, you know. You see those guys now throwing 98-plus. Yeah, dude. Know, that's insane. That's a, those aren't kids I, I anymore. stay out of there. Yeah, I stay out of there. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I feel like... um. Most people don't really know, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you know, you went to Millennium High School, but um, not really in a way. Were you homeschooled? You played for the school, but you did not go to the yeah. actual school. Is that oh, correct? what? That was in sixth grade in middle school. Yeah, oh. so it was, it was my first year, kind of had some discipline issues. Oh. Um, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was like the first couple weeks I got in like, you know, playing football at recess, got in a fight, uh, <laughs> got in a fight in the lunchroom, you know, just, just Super dumb stuff. little, yeah, just <laughs> dumb little stuff, you know, that, that, you know, kids do. And I remember mm-hmm. they had a, a meeting with my parents, like the teachers, you know, and, and they were basically just saying like, I think because he's a younger, cause I was that in between age, you know, like I had a oh. summer birthday, so I was either mm, way younger yeah. than everybody, yeah. or if I waited a year, then I'm way older, a little older than everybody. So it was in sixth grade. They suggested like we we think because of his age and like him being younger, and I was I was actually smaller. Um, I didn't hit a growth spurt till like sophomore junior year of high school, so I was way mm. smaller than everybody. Um, I mean, my I'm personally, I think it was just it was competitiveness, you know. You don't want to get embarrassed. You know how it is when you're in middle school. You Yeah, of course. Yeah. You got an ego. <laughs> yeah, every little thing is like, oh, I got to defend myself. I don't want people to think I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm lesser than anybody else. Yeah. So, they basically just said like we we suggest you holding them back. So, Whoa. my parents didn't think like they they kind of my mom's a teacher. 
or she oh. was a teacher back then. So she was like, well, instead of just going to the school and then doing it again, mm-hmm. I'll just homeschool you for a year and, and then you can start sixth grade with the next group. So I did that in sixth grade, but it was, yeah, it was in the middle of the, in the middle of being homeschooled. She was like, you can still play for the school if you're homeschooled. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah, of course. (laughs) I'm not going to take a year off. So I did that in sixth grade. So I I played sixth grade. um, I don't know what they called that. I think it was just like the sixth and seventh grade team and then Mm -hmm. the eighth grade team. And then the eighth grade team. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so I played sixth grade when I was actually in sixth grade. Then Mm -hmm. I played it again. And then in seventh grade. And then eighth grade, I played an eighth grade team. So That was only middle school, though? High school, yeah, that you were was, in person. Yeah, yeah. Middle okay. that was I only did that for one year. And it was only that I actually went to school in sixth grade for the first I was there for probably three, four months before this even happened. So I was only homeschooled for that second half. Yeah. Mm, okay. But Millennium, <laughs> you were there all four years. Yeah, yeah. Millennium I was there all four years. <laughs> Who's the coach? It wasn't Bethel back then, right? No, so freshman year I had uh Were you varsity all four years? No, so I was I was on the freshman team my freshman year. I had uh, God, he's gonna get so mad. Rojek. I had. Rojek. <laughs> oh, you had Rojek. Rojek yeah, was Rojek oh. was freshman coach. <laughs> wow, he's getting championships on the girls' basketball team now. I know multiple change sports over, and he's the guru. <laughs> he's right? the guru now. He knows yeah, everything. everything. Yeah, God, so, he's cold now. Um, I hope. Yeah, he was cool, hey, man. He was. I had him as a teacher, obviously my senior year too. So he was yeah. cool, but. Yeah, but I did get called up. So there was uh, a couple players on our varsity team. I remember that year when I was a freshman, got in trouble for something. I don't know. So they got suspended. So I did go up mm-hmm. for a couple, three games, I think, on varsity. And then mm-hmm. I was up for the playoffs. They called me up. And I, I didn't really play. It was just kind of more mm-hmm. of an experience thing, like just the, the environment. Yeah. yeah. And then sophomore year and sophomore, junior, senior year, I was on varsity. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Were you the same uh, year as like Elston and Jordan and all them? Jordan, I was the same year as Jordan Martin. Um, okay. Elston, I think, was a year a year younger, actually. Yeah, yeah a year younger than us. Okay. Dang. Okay, nice. And in high school, you were you were playing second base then. I'm assuming. Yeah. So actually, so my freshman year when I called up to varsity, I played outfield because uh, it was the outfielders that yeah. were in, in trouble. Oh. And then sophomore, junior, senior, all were at second base. Mm. Nice, man. That's pretty cool, man. I didn't, I, I didn't know you actually went to Millennium. I thought you were homeschooled and actually just, you know, uh, played at Millennium. Oh no, yeah, I was at I was so. at Millennium for all four years. Oh wow, that's pretty Great cool, time. man. Secret uh, staircase. <laughs> this guy, this secret yeah. staircase. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we're by the science buildings. <laughs> That's funny. Um, hey, let's we, let's talk about uh, senior year though, man, because I feel like that's a big you know stage in high school. Of course, um, that's when scholarships scholarships started to decisions. come at you a little bit. You kind of started to think about, dang, am I going to play baseball or am I going to you know go the school route and stuff like that? So, what was going through your mind senior year? Were you heavily recruited your senior year? So that's the thing. So my grades is what actually uh, kept me from getting a lot uh, of a lot of schools, you know, so Dang. I was playing in a lot of like showcases and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I actually missed out on some showcases as well as because I was playing football at mm-hmm. morning as well. And that's like football fall is like where you're playing in all those showcases for baseball. 
Yeah. So I was, I mean, there, I, I still remember there was a couple of showcase where I showed up on Saturday, Sunday, so sore and beat up from football games on Friday. Like <laughs> didn't even want to be out there. I was hurting. So it, I think it affected my recruiting a little bit, but I do know, like I was getting some letters and you, you fill out these letters. They ask everything, you know, your, yeah. mm-hmm. your class rank, your GPA, GPA. And there was a couple that I would send out my GPA and never hear back from them again. So <laughs> <laughs> That was, if there was one thing I could go back and change, it was like I, cool. I should have taken the grades more seriously. Because you know everybody tells you like, oh you, you you if you play sports you still need to get the good grades to get into schools, and you're like ah whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah, so true. I, I, that's I'm, so I'm true. Just having fun, you know. I, yeah. I, I'm passing my classes. That's all I need to do. But yeah, so I I, okay. I remember specifically I got a letter. It was like one of my favorite ones. I got. A letter the 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 recruiter actually handed it to me in person. It was from Stanford. Oh, and I kind of knew right when I got it. I was like, as soon as he gets the GPA, I'm, I'm not getting it's it. over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just uh. I gave him my GPA, and that was the last I heard from. Him. So the main schools was I was trying to I was getting I was talking to ASU and and U of A, but even talking to them, you know they t- they tell you like you look at their situation in in that year 2013. They were they were stacked. Both those oh, teams were. were stacked. So uh, they were like, "Yeah, I mean, I talked to U of A more than ASU," and they were like, "Yeah, we got this sophomore second baseman. Our third baseman's a freshman All American. Oh, they're there for stops. a while. Yeah, they're going to be there for a while. Yeah. So you might have to sit one two years before you crack the lineup." Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, "All right, well, I think junior college is the best option." So that's what I ended up going with. And you know, PV right. Yeah, I went to Paradise Valley. So the thing about that was, you know, in high school, you, you, you have, like, these national signing days, you know. Mm-hmm. And at Millennium, you, we have, like, a, an award ceremony yeah. every year where all the athletes get together and, yep. and, you know, family and stuff. And you go up to the front and they announce what school you're going to and you sign mm-hmm. a fake piece of paper. Like, that's <laughs> yeah, <you're> going. yeah. <laughs> and... Like everybody sees that, and you're like, oh, I want to go D1. Everybody's goal is, I want to go D1. I want to go D1. And looking back on it, I was so thankful that I didn't because I had friends that I played with in club ball that went they D1. went to different high schools and they went D1, sat out their first year, you know, two years. Mm. And even after that, were, you know, playing here and there. Mm. And, yeah. you know, that hurts. You know, that yeah. taking a full oh, yeah. year off. That, that affects how you play. And, mentally, And then too. when you're playing, yeah, when you're playing here and there, that's where I was going. Like, mentally, every time you play, you're like, i got to play good today or else I don't get to play to good, I don't get to play tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. And so I went to junior college, and I remember the recruiter at U of A even suggested, like, junior college is a good route. And so that's when I started shopping junior colleges and all around Arizona, like, because – a lot of people don't know this, but junior college in Arizona is one of the top junior college conferences for in in all the country. Yeah. Oh wow. And and I, I know, know for football, it's not this. It's you know the, they're almost done with it. Yeah, it, it, people go to California <laughs> or Texas or Florida, um, but for baseball, one of the top is I think the top two states is here and Florida. And I know mm-hmm. California has a good junior college, but they play since it's so big. They they have their own. Uh, mm. World Series. How did you land on PV out of um, all of them? So, yeah, so my senior year, uh, one of the boys I was playing with, because I had never, like, really done lessons or anything. You know, I just always worked with my dad. And uh, I remember my senior year, 
uh, one of my boys was hitting with a hitting coach from out in the East Valley. And he's like, hey, like, he's uh, on the low. Because you have to charge, right? If you're a coach uh-huh. for a junior college, you can't work with guys for free because then you're, it's it's kind of a recruiting, illegal recruiting. So yeah. you have to pay. And he's like, hey, he's he's charge you a dollar a session. Like, All right, yeah, I'll go okay. check Bet. it out. You know? Save us. Yeah, see what it, I'll see what it's like. And he completely, like, I felt like a new hitter ever since I started hitting with him. Like his, his philosophy, his mentality, like how to hit, it was everything my dad had been teaching me except more mechanics, you know. It was just all clicking. Yeah, it was clicking, and he coached at PV, and that wasn't the only thing. So that's, I went on a visit to PV, and I went on a visit to five or six junior colleges. And I just remember I went to watch practices, and everything I was seeing, I was like, oh, we already do that. Uh, we, we do that, you know. Mm-hmm. I was looking to go to a place where I can get better, advance yeah. my game. Yeah. And I went to PV, and I watched their, their practices, and their head coach, who I still I still work out there every offseason, I still work with them on infield stuff. Uh, their head coach, uh, Victor Solis, he was also the infield coach, and I saw the infield stuff they're doing, and I'm like, this is new, like this is this is progressive. I, I can get better doing all the it's all new stuff. Mm-hmm. And so those two things, were, I was like, all right, this is the spot for me. And it also helped because I was playing for a, like a. a I guess you call it a scout team, a showcase team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that off season after high school. And we were winning every tournament. That team is <laughs> to this day, the, the club ball team is called the A's, the athletics, they're orange and black. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think their second team that they had made. And I think to this day, it was one of the best teams that they had ever put together. Like we were winning mm-hmm. every tournament yeah. and Jeez. it was fun. And I think six of us were all committing to paradise Valley. Oh, wow. So, and how many years were you at PV? I was Just there for one? two years. Oh, two? I was there for two years. And then you, from there, you went to UH? Yeah, I went to UH from there. So I think it was like one guy committed, and they're like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I haven't committed yet. Oh, we're going to PV. Two guys committed, three guys committed. I'm like, oh, we're going to be good. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm committed too. So not nice. only were we going to learn a lot, we were going to be good. And junior college in Arizona – you have a lot of guys that went to high school in Arizona. So it's kind of mm-hmm. one of everyone those things. Everyone knows each other. Yeah, everyone knows each Chemistry. other. Chemistry. Nobody, nobody wants to go to that junior college that, that sucks, you know? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> I, I, still have, I still have boys that I'm, I'm friends with today that, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about our junior college days and it's like, oh, yeah, we, we waxed you guys, you know? <laughs> it's like bragging rights. Yeah, yeah of course. We're all, we're all from Arizona. Who went to the best junior college? So I think yeah. that first year we had – eight freshmen starting and Damn. we had an okay year we came back for our sophomore year and we went 30 and 10 so God. yeah we were we were really good had a lot of fun learned so much i think that's the beauty of going to a junior college and not straight to d1 man like think about everything you just talked about right now all those opportunities that came to you the hitting coach the relationships, the relationships that you have with people yeah. now like yeah those reps that you were able to get in that you probably wouldn't have gotten at ASU or U of A. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you go live different? different? It's everything that comes with that junior college environment. Like it's so mm-hmm. it's like a you grind. Go to university and you go, you all your freshman classes are halls, you know, these, these big, like 60 yeah. people, 70 people. You never know your professor. Like they don't know yeah. who you are. They don't know who you are. Yeah. They don't yeah. care either. And 
you go to junior college and it's it's like high school kind of you know you you got these mm-hmm. 20, Small classes. 20 25 classes you have meetings with your professors like in high school i had a 29 gpa in junior college i ended up with a 37 oh so damn. that's a big job you know that it, it's like the just the whole environment you know you come in mm-hmm. you're 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 not competing against four years of guys you're competing against two, two years, years of guys yeah mm-hmm. so there's a there's a turnover every year so it's just a it's a great opportunity i think i i mean i every chance i get a every time i get a chance to talk to somebody about like choosing division one or i'm getting a okay every time you get a chance to uh division one or junior college it's like don't go d1 just because it's d1 like go it depends on the person would you say right 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 it it, and it depends on the opportunities available like if you have a chance to go to d1 and you're gonna play and you're gonna start then then do it if -hmm. you're gonna go to d1 and sit a year and then you got to compete for playing time every year it's that's tough, and that yeah. and that was a big factor in, in even when I went to UH. Uh, when I went to Hawaii at a junior college, I was talking to ASU again, and it was the mm. same thing: competing really? for a spot, competing for a spot. I go to University of Hawaii, and they're like, "Oh, that guy's graduating. That guy's graduating. That's the guy you'll be competing against." And I was like, "Okay." You're like, I'm "Oh, all right. <laughs> you like, yeah, can do that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is and. <laughs> And the thing that's about smart Hawaii, though bro that's smart yeah like, that's what you got to do it's like uh-huh. where am i gonna have the best opportunity to showcase myself because exactly you can be the best player in the world if you can't showcase it mm-hmm. you're never on the field no one's gonna see it yeah. nobody sees it and and i had so many friends who were just as good but they never got to showcase it or when they did get to showcase it it was like it was you limited. better do it today yeah or you don't do it tomorrow yeah it, exactly. it's hard to play like that no of course uh, yeah so yeah. basically, between ASU and UH, when you did finish at Pima, or uh, Paradise Valley, yeah. So those were the final two spots. I also was gonna. So the thing with ASU was, is they wanted me, but they had to lose a guy in the draft to free up scholarship money. Okay. So if he got drafted, I was in. If mm-hmm. he didn't get drafted, then they weren't gonna have any money for me, and I would. He would obviously be in the spot again. And I'd have mm-hmm. to compete for another spot, so I I did have the opportunity because um, so the way it works is you can only um, like verbally commit to one Division One at a time because okay. once you do, uh, no other D ones can. It's can like they call you, you, yeah, they call you and you say like, have you verbally committed anywhere? They technically can't talk to you anymore if you say you have. Uh-huh. So I was also gonna sign with a uh, NAIA. And then mm-hmm. wait for that draft, and then I went on the visit to Hawaii. Around the same time I was talking to ASU, and I was like, "This place is sick." Because the thing about Hawaii is they don't have professional sports, so college yeah. is yeah. their professional sport. It is the sport. I, yeah. I went to college out there too. Oh, I really? To, Where'd uh, you go? I went to Chaminade. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I went to. Uh, so my Jordan Martin ended up playing at HPU basketball. Yeah, that was our rival. <laughs> yeah, so I went to a couple of other games that I played Shaman. They were they were nice. That's a nice school. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty that's cool. Like, yeah, it it was a sick environment. One of my best friends to this day was from Hawaii, so that was a good connect. Wouldn't you say it's such a it's a do- it's a totally different like culture out there? Oh yeah, it's it's way different. Way different culture. It's it's Hawaii time, as they say. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. whole different whole different culture, and I think. Um, a lot of people say, you know, the rumors are like 
they don't like the guys from the mainland. But yeah. I think <laughs> if you just adapt to the culture and yeah. you yeah. you kind of just don't say like, oh, I'm better than this culture, then then you fit in. You fit in nice. <laughs> you have a moped out there. I did have a moped. Everyone got a moped out there. And of course it got stolen. Uh, <laughs> where'd you park it at? I parked it, I parked it right by my apartment outside. For like, oh my gosh. I left it for like an hour so without crazy. locking it up. I was like, oh, I'll be right back. Did you ever fall off? I didn't, but we did have some guys miss games with injuries falling I off mopeds. I fell off mine bad. I have a huge scar on my leg to this day. Really? I had to miss like a month of practice and games. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I felt like those things yeah, were dangerous, man. but they were they were convenient. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. How how was uh the whole baseball experience of Hawaii? Was it like, you know, did you execute as planned or you felt like you you know Yeah, no, it was good. I, I had a great two years. It was I mean, obviously the environment's sick. I met some You were playing third base, right? Yeah. Well so my freshman year I played second base. Okay. And or I mean uh my first year, so my junior year. I played second base, um, and then my senior year when I came back, our third baseman, they were like he was he was kind of shaky the year before at third base, mm-hmm. so they were like I mean let's try him at second, and move me over to third see how mm-hmm. that fits and it just worked out better he was a better second baseman than he was third, mm-hmm. and I was playing a good third base at the time, and and that's just the way it worked out so the, yeah though yeah. my whole senior year I played third base. Oh wow, man, that's crazy! Any uh, um, teammates that you still talk to that UH? Yeah, UH? yeah. So uh, my boy Kikai Rios, that's like one of my best friends to this day. He's uh, I, I actually just Facetime him again today, but he actually <laughs> ended up getting drafted a year later by the Brewers. So he's in the Brewers nice. organization right now. That's so, super cool. I mean, he's good. I talk to him all the time just because he's in the same spot I was just mm-hmm. just a year or two ago. So you know, it's it's. It's a grind down there in the minor yeah, leagues. Let's, I was just about to get into that, man. Let's yeah. talk about that. So, will you get drafted by the Astros? 26 round, correct? Yeah, 26 <clears throat> round. Late. What was going through your head, man? Yeah, walk when... us through draft day. Yeah, I want to hear you know about that. what's crazy? So, so, baseball, you know you have the big NFL, NBA draft. So, baseball, there's so many rounds. Mm-hmm. So, they're, uh, after I think the first day is like one round, and then the next day is like two through five. And those mm-hmm. are the big rounds. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny because my junior year, that's when you're – I mean, you're draft eligible in junior college every year. Mm-hmm. But when you're at a D1, everyone's draft eligible junior year. So that's like the big year to get drafted because it's like negotiability uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to your, your signing bonus. Obviously, your junior year, if a team drafts you, if they don't give you the right money, you can go back for your senior year. Yeah. So they have to – that's their incentive to pay you more. Mm. And so everybody wants to get drafted their junior year, and I put that pressure on myself, like, this has to be my year. You know, I, I had a great two years in junior college. I had a really good summer ball outing. Like, I got to showcase it here my junior year. And I think I, that pressure, I didn't have the year I wanted to have mm. um, just because I was it, was it was like I was saying with the guys that are competing for playing time, I was doing that to myself even though – I wasn't even necessarily competing for playing time. It was like every day I showed up, you know, you have the 15, 20 scouts in, behind the plate. You're like, all right, I got to I gotta do it today. Got to show out here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work out. Didn't have a good year. Didn't get drafted. And I came back for my senior year, and I was like, you know what? 
I'm not even going to worry about the draft. I'm going to play. I'm going to have yeah, fun. Let it come to you. Yeah, I'm going to do everything. I mean, even my senior year, I was playing intramural football. You know, like I was just doing everything that a normal <laughs> oh. college kid would do. I was just <laughs> oh having fun. I actually, I actually yeah. won the intramural football championship. <laughs> and oh. i remember i wore the the championship shirt to practice one day in our coaches that's funny that I oh really i can only imagine playing tell with some like big dudes in that league or what yeah so the, actually the, <laughs> the football team had a team of their red shirts as a oh. team and we played them in the semis and we beat them Oh. It was crazy. It was a crazy game. That is so, funny, dude. Uh, I mean, it's funny because that that league was one of my highlights of college. But <laughs> I went into that year like that was the mentality I had. I was like, you know what? Everybody gets a red shirt. You know, everybody gets mm-hmm. an injury red shirt. I wouldn't mind spending one more year in college. This is, I mean, I'm in Hawaii especially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, you have guys that get injury red shirts. I was like, I wouldn't mind if I had to spend one more year here. So I was just yeah. having fun, playing free playing intramural sports um and i and i had a great i ended up having a great senior year and even going into the draft i wasn't hearing from anybody still and i remember it was a week before the draft i think eight days before the draft uh a rep from the astros called me and he was like hey there's a workout in huntington beach with like 30 guys if you want to come out and i was like And I remember I didn't have any of my, I left when I left Hawaii because, you know, bags are expensive. You get two bags to come home. So there was a bunch of stuff I left. So they called me and I was like, dang, I had to go to, that was when sports authority was still open. Sports authority Authority, had to get some cleats, had to get some batting gloves. You know, I had to get some more stuff to go to this workout. Yeah. And I felt like I had a good showing, you know, they, they did a bunch of different tests. They did some like, ask you questions like some mental tests they did some Dang. vision tests it was, yeah, it was crazy really was pretty high-tech stuff yeah Damn. like put you they in this really dark room test your vision uh put some like sensors on your bat for when you hit and then they're like all right wow. we'll be in touch Sports science shit. yeah <laughs> no, like, seriously right, we'll, be, we'll be in touch and i was like all right cool never heard from them again oh. and then I'll, I'll never forget this. It was uh, it was the day I got drafted. I because I, I had stopped watching the draft. You know, I saw who went in the first couple of rounds, and I was like, "Damn!" Oh. So you didn't even know like this whole. You kind of just gave up. Kinda? Yeah, I was I was laying in bed. I I actually had a job interview set up for. Wow! Like, wow! I, I had just cut, I had long hair Listen from Hawaii. That. I had just uh, set up a job interview because my my ultimate goal is to coach. Still is to coach when I'm done playing. Mm-hmm. Um. Cause I just, I, I love coaching. I think I have learned a lot. So I, I want to pass that on. Yeah. Exactly. And so, damn yeah, I remember how to, I had an interview, a job interview to be like an academic advisor at ASU, because if you work there, they would pay for your master's and in order, mm-hmm. you have to have your master's to be a head coach uh, for division one. So I was like, I was already set up. I had just cut my hair. Ready for the, I had done the, did you have the mullet? No, I didn't have a mullet. I just had long hair everywhere. Oh. It was a mess. So, uh, yeah, I had just cut my hair. Um, I had done the, the on-phone interview, and I would cut my hair because I had the in-person interview coming up. And I remember I was just laying in bed, and my mom calls me. She's like, congratulations. And I was like, what? what <laughs> no doing? way. Yeah, she was like, I just saw your name come uh, across the draft ticker. And I'm like, are All you right. sure? Like, I haven't heard anything. 
And she's like, uh, hold on, let me check. (laughs) Went back through, she's like, yeah, it says you got drafted. And I'm like, what? And then, like, right when I'm on the call with her, I get a call from a number I don't have. And I'm like, hold on, I'm getting a call from a number I don't have. So I answered it, and it was them. They're like, hey, we just took you in the 26th round. Um, We just wanted to know if you were going to accept yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Wow. No hesitation. Ask for a signing bonus. <laughs> yeah, of course. Obviously, it's your senior year. It's not, yeah. it's not like they can you can negotiate. It's like, yeah, right, exactly. what are you going to do if you don't take it? You know? Yeah. Go to so, the job interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go go to my go to work a job I didn't want to work in the first place. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. They're like, all right, well, we'll call you in a couple hours with all your travel information. I was like, all right, cool. Dang. And then a couple Dang. hours later, they called me. They're like, all right. And next week, you'll be flying out to New York. You'll do your physicals and everything. And you'll be with the the team was the Tri-City Valley Cats in Tri-Cities, New York. Mm. And so I was like, all right, I guess I'll be, I'll be on the flight. Dang. So, it's, it's, so you didn't go to the interview? <laughs> no. I, I called him and I said, hey, uh, <laughs> I won't be accepting this position. I got drafted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was crazy. Hey, that's so crazy, dude. You were this close to, like, you said you were laying in bed. You weren't even, you know, yeah, expecting anything from the draft. And, yeah. like, I, I could only imagine you had an adrenaline rush or something. Not like you oh, weren't I excited. Like, I didn't even know what to uh, think. Like, when my mom called me and told me that, at first I was thinking, like, you have to be wrong. I haven't heard anything. Because, you know, I've had, you? I've had other friends get drafted. And, you know, they're, yeah. they're in talks with teams the whole time, you know. Will you take – Will you take this amount of money in this round? Will you take this in this round? But yeah. I think being a senior sign, they don't they you, they can just take you whenever because it's like what else are you gonna do? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you only had that one uh, workout in San Diego before, and that was it. Before? That was it. That was the only only time I talked to a team. Um, that was Damn. they were the only ones. So and you know what's funny is I ended up staying in touch with that guy that that invited me to that workout, mm-hmm. and. He said that the one reason he called me to invite me was because he came to a game at Hawaii and there was a play where we were down by like six runs in the seventh or eighth inning. And one of our players, I think it was our first baseman, who I'm actually still friends with, Mm -hmm. um, but he, and I think this is the reason why this happened because I was so close to them. But there was like a ball down the line that he kind of just like, you know, let go. And I was mm. like, we got an argument. I was like, what? Like, you could got that ball. Yeah, you could have got. Yeah. And we got an argument about like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm just not trying yeah. to lose by more. Yeah, runs. I'm trying to. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we're gonna still play hard. And, and that he said stuck he saw with him. that. Yeah, he saw that, and he was like, this guy wants to win, so let's invite him out. Wow, dude! Look at that. Yeah. It's like crazy. that, dude. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And in between that whole time, between that San Diego workout and the draft, you were staying ready, I'm assuming, correct? Like, even in the... In oh, you weren't? <laughs> well, I, wasn't <laughs> I wasn't doing anything because I, I just wow. assumed I was done playing. I was, like, getting yeah. ready for the next steps because I hadn't Jeez. heard anything. So I was... <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah, I was, I was in the gym every day. Oh, yeah. So I was... I, I just assumed, like, senior year... Nothing, you're not you're hearing anything. Drafted. Yeah. And I mean, you hear that from everybody, you know, like you put, if you put so much work or you put so much thought into one thing happening and it doesn't happen and you're not prepared for the next step, you yeah. get, you yeah. get stuck, you know, and uh-huh. you, you get, that's caught. true. 
you know, I mean, obviously it's tough when it's your dream and, and I got lucky enough to get drafted, but it's hard, you know, I, there's people I know that you don't get drafted and then you go two, three more years still trying to get there mm-hmm. and you still don't make it. And then it's like, all right, now, now what? Now what? Three yeah. years <laughs> down the drain, I, I didn't progress in yeah. life. And I think I was just so set on that not happening that I was like, okay, I'm not going to get drafted. It's not looking like I'm going to get drafted. What's so next? let's prepare yeah. for those next steps so that in two or three years, I, I'm actually, I've actually gone somewhere and I'm not stuck saying like, dang, I stuck just in the old days. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is but the it, smartest thing you could do at that point. It's tough because you do hear about guys that do go through those two or three years of grind and they do make it, 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 it do mm-hmm. make it. So it, mm-hmm. it's a hard, it's such it's like a, a hard, yeah. a crossroads. It's just, yeah. It, it's you're, yeah. You're stuck at the perfect. You're stuck at crossroads. Like, do I chase this dream with the chance of making it or do I just go on to the next step? Yeah. And that's where I was at. And then when I got the opportunity, I was like, all right, you crushed it. Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta go for this now. And I, that's when I got drafted, I got, my eyes got open to a whole nother, because I, I always play the game for fun, you know. Even in college, mm-hmm. I, I, I took, I, I did all the work on the field. I didn't take the weight room serious. I just mm-hmm. played the game for fun. I played the game hard. I played the <clears> game <throat> to win. And when I got drafted, and you're amongst you other guys with the same goal, yeah, they kind of instill on you like, this is what it takes. Like you mm-hmm. see, when you're when you're in spring training, um, even though you're in the minor leagues. The, the weight room in Houston, you share it with the big leaguers and you see those guys mm. in there and you're like, yeah, dang, like you just see what they're doing on TV. They're working yeah, hard. They're working. Here. Yeah. And, and that's where I, that's where my mentality went. Like, okay, if I want to be there, I got to take everything I was doing to the next level. Yeah. yeah. And that I happens think, every year. Every year, you, I got to take it one level again. Next step, like, next step, next step. Yeah. You know, in 17, after that year, I took my work, my workout routine in the off season to the next level, and then in eighteen, I took my workout and my diet to the next level. I had a diet; mm. I was eating cleaner. And then in nineteen, and this past year, it was like sleep. You know, little things you mm-hmm. don't think about, but they make but a they difference. They make a huge difference. Yeah. Dang, that's pretty crazy. I like how you brought up the point of just being in the same weight room. You know of. Big leaguers and yeah. stuff like that, like just being in that environment, you know, yeah, really it like rubs off on you. Like yeah. you see it. Like I gotta, yeah. I gotta do more. Yeah, like, that, that's legit. Isn't enough. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's that's super dope. I feel like you know, Star and I always talk about surrounding yourself by the right people. You know, um, you know, it's kind of like that one saying. You know, if you hang out with four people, you'll be the fifth rich one, or you know, whatever it is, or four rich people, you'll be the fifth one. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just coming all from the mentality perspective. You know, and that you can. It's safe to say that you know that has rubbed off on you a little bit. You know, um, yeah, being surrounded by I those think. players, like you're talking like Altuve, Correa, all <laughs> them guys in there, right? And those yeah. dudes are all those dudes are big names. <laughs> and the sick thing about those guys were like you you know, like you got big teams like I mean the Dodgers have some guys, but you got guys mm-hmm. teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox mm-hmm. and you know, they trade for big names. Those mm-hmm. guys with Houston came up through the organization. Yeah. And so when those guys those coaches and that staff in the minor leagues is telling you something, you're like everything they related, like, look, look what mm-hmm. happened to the guys that 
did everything yeah. right. Look mm-hmm. where they are. MVPs. You got Bregman, who just signed a 10-year deal. <laughs> you got Carrere, yeah. who's about to make a lot of money. Springer, mm-hmm. just, I mean, you got all these guys that are homegrown guys. And you see, like, look <laughs> look what happens when you do everything right. And you're like, yeah, I'm in. It's like, look what happens. Look what happens, you become uh, cheaters. No, I'll just get it right. That was a big hey, thing, dude. I've seen hey, that all over. You know what's crazy is <laughs> that, that upset a lot of people in, the old, in, the, in, your, in our own organization because even, I mean, you got guys in the minor leagues that you're like, dang, if like, they yeah. were cheating, maybe I make it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was, the, that was the thing with the Astros is like I wasn't too upset because, I mean, obviously they – they did cheat, but mm-hmm. I think what were they doing? I, I didn't really understand. Like, so they were using cameras yeah, yeah. to uh, see signs, and they were relaying that live feed into the dugout so that yeah, they could like, get. They're basically seeing what pitch was coming. Yeah, live. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. which is like, bro, that's that you're hitting a dinger if that if you know what yeah, pitch is coming. Right. <laughs> right. So it, it was a pretty big. I was it was pretty messed up what they did, but it was you could kind of I don't want to say you could see it coming, but the Astros were so technical technologically advanced that like I mean even for my career development I would mm-hmm. not be where I am today if I was drafted by another team because Most definitely. the stuff that they told taught me and <clears throat> the stuff that we were working on like those video cameras that they were using for the live feed for the signs. We had those in the minor leagues, but they were actually used for what, like, that we were using them for a purpose, which mm-hmm. is what they were using them for before they realized, like, hey, we can use those. We, can, signs. we yeah. can use those for something else. <laughs> yeah. But with, so in the minor leagues with the Astros, they would have a camera, left center, right center. They would have a camera in our dugout, the away dugout, and then a camera behind the plate. And after every series, they'd have meetings by positions. On like oh, everything you actually... did right and everything you did wrong, so like, mm-hmm. let's say there's 200 pitches thrown in a game. It could be mm-hmm. the 170th pitch. They're like, "Hey, you weren't ready right here. What if this ball was hit to you?" Mm-hmm. Like, wow. <laughs> every pitch you got to be ready, or a base, a double to right center, and you went to the wrong spot for the relay, or the mm-hmm. left fielder wasn't backing up third. Like, hey, why weren't you backing up third here? Why weren't you doing this right? Like, mm-hmm. every single... Like, nitpicking. Like, nitpicking everything. everything. So then it became like... You you started to feel like, oh, I'm being watched all the time, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. I got to yeah. lock in. Because, you know, baseball, there's... If you're not a true fan of baseball, it's hard to watch. Because... Yeah, of course. It's, it, it, it's not <laughs> like there's... Baseball. It's not like football or basketball where there's yeah. plays going on mm-hmm. every three seconds. Constantly. Yeah. yeah, you could go six innings with no hits, no runners. Mm-hmm. But that's a good game. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know? like, I like that. If you're yeah. not a fan of baseball you, you're, and you're just waiting for the homers and the doubles, mm-hmm. then that's a boring game for you. Yeah. But that that's the sport. So you got to be ready. Like you could go yeah. 150 pitches with no plays, and then all of a sudden there's a runner on th- tying runner on third, and it's the 180th pitch of the game, and you got to cover nine feet to make a backhand and get the out so they don't score. <clears throat> you know, that's the, that's the type of game we play. 
You can go two games without making a play. And then all of a sudden, your play matters. So those are the things that they instilled in us. And, like, you got to have four hours, which is a long time. There's, there's, I don't think there's another sport that goes four hours long. Yeah, you got to have four hours basketball, of focus. <laughs> Not know, including like, extra innings. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you got to have Oh, you're talking about hours. the game. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The game. The game. Oh, you're yeah. like a game. Baseball. Yeah, baseball yeah, games are three long. and a half, four hours, yeah. depending on how, like, what goes on. So Exactly. You could have four hours, like, you sh- – you could not do anything physically, but after the game, you you go home and you're like, oh, you're done, though. Yeah, like just mentally. <laughs> you got another game tomorrow. Yeah, you got to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool, man. So shout out to the Astros organization, man. I feel like, you know, it's yeah, safe to good. say that they really taught exactly. They were good to you, taught you a lot. And um, oh, that's super dope, man. And, and I feel like a lot of people don't know this, man. There's different stages you know, in baseball, you got what? Single A, double A, triple A. And yeah, then so uh, you, I went to short season first, which is below uh, low A. And then oh. I went to low A. This is both in 17. And these are all considered like the minor leagues, right? Yeah, so these are minor leagues where you're making nothing. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think. Nothing at all? I mean, you're, you're getting it's, paid, it's but by the end of the, the season. Same. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. A season is six months long, right? So it's not the whole year. Mm-hmm. And you only get paid in baseball. You only get paid while you're playing. So the off season is, I mean, regular if you're job. In the big leagues, obviously, you made yeah. enough to last the whole year. Yeah. But if you're in the minor leagues, like I think in in low A, I made a total in six months. I made a total of like thirty one hundred. Wow. And so what were you that, doing those off months? So in the off season, I would work the first month, month you and a half, day of Sioux. just to pay. <laughs> Just to pay for the workouts that I was going to do for the rest of the off season. Okay. And then you get back to the season and you're like, "Dang, I've been broke for so long. Can't wait to play." <laughs> but that and and that's another thing that like hurts guys is like you know I had I had my boy Jordan Martin mm-hmm. who got a job right out of college, my boy Hunter Jones who went to the Navy right out of college, my boy Alex who got a job right out of college. So, you know, everybody gets out of college and they're making money and yeah. I'm over here. I got nothing. Wait, yeah. which Alex are you talking about? Are you talking about Alex Macintosh? Macintosh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he got he got a good job right out of college. He's a computer guy. So he, uh, <clears throat> right, I mean, everybody's making money right out of college and I'm broke but pursuing a dream, you yeah. know, and so you and it have, paid off though. Yeah, exactly. And But that's the thing. It's tough. It's like, during that you time, you're just like you look at percentages. Not everybody makes it, you know. So you're mm-hmm. like, even me in I was in low A, and you're contemplating like, dang, am I gonna spend three four years doing this, and mm-hmm. then and then I in in three four years I'm stuck, and I got to find a job, and I got no money saved <laughs> up. So yeah. it, it's tough in the minor leagues because you you're like I'm working for that goal, but at one point, do I kind of start to think like. Dang, I might not make it. I, I'm gonna be broke forever. You know, I gotta find a, yeah. I gotta get a job, and and that happens to a lot of guys. And I think when you're you brought up the point about surrounding yourself with uh, with guys with the same mentality, mm-hmm. same goals. I had I had a really good group of friends in the minor leagues with the Astros who actually, both of them, uh, Chaz and and Toro, 
they both ended up making the big leagues with the Astros as well. So it's the it's that mentality thing. Like mm-hmm. you can be in the minor leagues and you can have that thought every day of like, man, this sucks. Man, this food sucks. Man, these twelve hour bus rides suck. You can you there's so much you can complain about. You know, like yeah. when I was in Corpus Christi in Double A, mm-hmm. we were like we were so spread out. It was like you play three games, then you're on an eight hour bus ride overnight to the next place, and then you play that day. I remember yeah. on the 4th of July, that year it was in 18. We had a fourth. We had a game on July 3rd. We had a 12-hour bus ride that night. We got to we back we got back home to Corpus at I think 11 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. and we had a game that night at six. Jesus. <laughs> so we were like those are the types of things like you that's can a bus ride. So, yeah, you can <laughs> they find don't so play. much to complain about, <laughs> or you can show up and be like. Yeah. I'm playing baseball today. Let's get yep. better. Let's try to get out of here. You know, let's do better to get out of here. Yeah. So I had, I mean, we played with guys that were just complaining all the time and mm-hmm. they're still there. Yeah. And exactly. then you got the guys that they didn't progress. Yeah. You got the guys that take in their environment and say, okay, this is where we're at and we're going to do what we can to get to that next level. And, mm-hmm. and we did it. We, we all progressed and moved up levels and, Got to where we wanted to be. Oh, that, that's dope, man. And you Taking get to the stuff. big leagues and sitting in recliner planes. Ah, dude, I was right. I was about to get into that, man. Walk us through getting uh, traded to the Diamondbacks. And what yeah, was that so that like? was another crazy. Because that's your hometown. Time. Yeah, so and I believe was... you're, if I'm not mistaken, you're like the second uh, person to be born in Arizona and play for their home team or something. Yeah, like that, I think right? uh, so. We currently have Cole Calhoun, who is also born in Arizona. Uh, he okay. was, yeah, he went to Buckeye. So, um, yeah, he, we dumb. talk a lot about that. But yeah, the trade <laughs> was crazy because I was never really considered a top prospect. You know, I was mm-hmm. I was playing well, but I was at the older end. So mm-hmm. you know, you got these like twenty one, twenty two year old, twenty three year old guys who they're top prospects. So I was never really on that top prospect list. Mm-hmm. So when it comes time to the trade deadline, I was in AAA at the time, and we had some dudes like we were really good. And so we kind of all figured, like, the Astros need pitching to make this playoff push. Mm-hmm. So somebody from this locker room is going to go because mm-hmm. we have – obviously, if you're trading for a big-name pitcher, they're going to want some top prospects for it. Yeah. So so were you kind of surprised when you were included in that trade package? So surprised. So we were all actually <laughs> sitting in the locker room. We were watching ESPN – and I remember we ha- I had early work at uh, 3 o'clock. So early work, basically, you go out to the field, you take ground balls, you know, you do all your early mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we had early work at 3, and the trade deadline ended at 3. So we asked our manager, like, hey, can you push this back like 20 minutes? We want to see the end of this trade deadline, see if anything happens. Because mm-hmm. nothing had happened yet. So he's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. So we sat there, we watched it, trade deadline hit. We're like, dang, nobody got traded. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, let's go. Like, early work. Let's go. Yeah. So we go out to the field, and the way our field's set up is like our field is down below, and then our locker room is up like up higher in the stands. Uh-huh. So like you can echo down. I mean, obviously when there's nobody here, you can yell from the locker room, and it echoes across the whole stadium. And they're just like Rojas, you're out oh, of here. Oh, so first it was Fisher. <laughs> Fisher, you're out of here. Yeah, it was like they were like they yelled down. They're like Fisher just got traded to the Blue Jays, 
Dude. And there was like four or five of us down there uh, taking ground balls. And we're like, dang, Fisher's gone. Damn. And then. <laughs> Couldn't be me. And then like 10 minutes later, our trainer came down and was talking to our manager who was hitting us ground balls. And he gave our manager the phone. Obviously, because he didn't have his phone. He was hitting his ground balls. So he's on the phone. And he's like this. And then he looks up and he looks at me and he's like, points to, points to me. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, I did not think I was getting traded. So I was like, damn, what does that mean? So he gets off the phone or he hands me the phone and it's our like GM. And he's like, hey, we just traded you the Diamondbacks. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we'll be same thing as when I got dropped. Yeah, we'll be calling you in an hour with your travel information. Wow. Dang, it's like that. Were you happy though when you heard that? Especially the Diamondbacks. It was was so mixed. It was so mixed because yeah, because you so have good happy. relationships down there yeah, too. You're yeah, you're so comfortable. You you know all the mm-hmm. coaching staff. You know how the organizations run. Uh, you've been learning a lot, but then it's your hometown team. Yeah. So it's like it's so mixed. You know, I think at that point I was just sad that like, because I mean in AAA it was all the boys that I came that I started with in 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 Loe. You know, we'd yeah. all progressed pretty much together. together. You know, yeah. one of us would go up before the other, but. We all eventually ended up in AAA mm-hmm. at the same time. So, uh, and even like my apartment, I was with three dudes I started in Loe with. So, it was so mixed. And like, I got off the phone and I I looked at story and I was like, now what? And he's yeah. like, I don't know, bro. He's like, you want to take some more ground balls? <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's just... So I, I actually took a couple more ground balls and our trainer's like, hey, he can't do that because if he yeah, you're not, he's not yeah, ours. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So he's yeah, like, all right, went back to my locker, packed damn. everything up. I was like, dang, I got some laundry to do. I haven't done laundry in a couple weeks. <laughs> a couple <laughs> weeks? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I got so much to do. So I, oh I actually goodness. didn't even stay for the game. I had to go home and start doing laundry and getting You called your mom, though, and you're like, Yeah, hey, right after. I, I called them right when I got back to the locker room. I was like, hey, it just got traded. I mean, I think they saw it before I did because it, it broke oh. on the TV, so. Mm-hmm. I called them. I talked to all my family. My phone was blowing up. Mm-hmm. And it was like business after that. It was like, all right, next morning, 8 a.m., I was gone. Damn. So I had to that. get everything together. 8 a.m., flew to AAA for the Dimebacks, which is in Reno. Um, yeah, flew to Reno. Did all my physical. Couldn't play that first game because your physical has to get all approved and stuff. And then the next day, new team. Yeah, I remember the first day. So our our Reno uniforms, obviously they're the Reno, and they got the Diamondbacks patch on the on the shoulder. I remember Mm -hmm. I was sitting in the dugout and I like looked at it and I was like, "Dang, that's pretty cool." I used to wear these hats and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, (laughs) damn, that's that's a cool feeling, man. Like a surrender feeling. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then you get the debut in Colorado. Yeah, twelve days later. It was 12, 12 days. days later. Yeah, I was there. How did that go about? They just called you up straight up? Just like. Yeah, so the funny thing about the call up was I think all these scenarios were like crazy scenarios, but they're cool to talk about, you know, because they, were, they weren't just normal. But um, so we were in Oklahoma City and we're playing the Dodgers affiliate. And I had gone, I went 0 for 4. I think I went 0 for 5. Something crazy. Didn't just think good. <laughs> yeah. So I sh- and so I show up to the field the next day, 
And I was in the line because they, they send the lineup out the night before so you know if you're playing. Okay, cool. So I, they sent out the lineup. I was in the lineup. So I show up to the field and uh, I walk in. Our manager calls me and he's like, hey, um, so our front office wants to give you the day off today. You've played quite a few games in a row. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to sit you today. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of there thinking, like, it's because I went over five. Like, yeah, you know, over five for damn like, sure. They, like, <laughs> they think I'm dead like, tired. Yeah, they're like, they're, he's probably dead like, tired. That's the nice way of telling me. Yeah, let's give him a break. So I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, dang, if I'm getting the day off today, I'm not doing anything. So I really I didn't take BP, didn't take ground balls. I just really took the day off. Still got Next dressed day. for the game and everything, so I went out to the locker room. It was like right when the anthem was about to start, I walked out to the locker room, and our manager pulled me aside. He's like, hey, you actually can't be in the dugout today. And I'm like, I was like, what? I didn't right. play that bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you're uh, you're actually getting called up to the big leagues. And I like, look oh, at him. You're serious? Damn. For over he's five? Like, Let's go. After over five? <laughs> I know. He's like, he's like, yes. He's like, you're getting called up to the big leagues. And he goes, your plane leaves in four hours. <laughs> so they knew this the whole time. Like, no, when they so told what you happened to... was is they had an injury, but oh. it was like they didn't know the severity of the injury yet. So they took me out of lineup just in case, so they uh-huh. didn't have to take me out in the middle of the game. But they didn't know if – so the guy had to get an MRI and, you know, all that stuff to see uh-huh. how long yeah. he could be out. And so he ended up being hurt, so that's when they made it official. Like, okay, he's going to get called up. And that so that's when they told me. So then they're like, "Yeah, you leave in four hours. You'll be in the lineup tomorrow." So I had to go back to the hotel, get all my stuff together because we're on the road. Uh, get all my stuff together, went straight to the airport, flew to Colorado. That part was sick because like I got yeah. to the airport, they it was like you know you see in the movies they got a guy holding your name on a little sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dang, hey, right here. Hey, hey that's, that's me. me. Yeah. He, like, grabs your bags that's for dope. you. I'm like, yo, that I can carry cool. this stuff. Like, no, 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 like, we got okay. it. Yeah, right. You get a little show <laughs> car ride to the hotel. Did you meet any of the players that night? Or, like, you no, met them yeah, all? So I went, no, so I think I got there. I got there pretty late, so I think they were already in the rooms. But, yeah, I didn't meet mm. anybody till the next day, which was – so crazy because not only are you in it like if I was with the Astros and got called up, I know all the staff yeah. already. You know, I, yeah. I've mm-hmm. met all of them, exactly. and I know the players. So being in a new organization, new staff, it's like being the new kid at a new school. Like you just exactly, walk in, <laughs> you're like, I mean, because you know, like you hear it all the time. You the like rookies, you don't want to step over any boundaries. You don't want yeah. anybody mm-hmm. to say like, oh, this rookie thinks he's better than everybody. You know, so you just try mm-hmm. to stay in your lane. So. You just walk in, you know, staying quiet. You like kind of wait for people to look at you to be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I'm Josh." You know, it was, so it was it was such a crazy feeling, and I think it took probably three, four days before me even like to talk to anyone. Yes, yeah, well, like I was talking to a few people. The main guy who was like really cool to me and like right away was Adam Jones. Oh, uh-huh, Adam Jones. I was just about to ask you how your relationship is with him because you play outfield with him. So yeah, so he, he cool. was the man. Like right away, I I think it was like third day at colorado i showed up he had like some burberry shirts on my chair like you know intro- introducing me to different people that's so cool he was, it was it was cool to have a guy that like took you under the wing yeah allowed me mm-hmm. to like break out and then even after that still to this day eduardo escobar is like 
he's like that basically my like father figure <laughs> in the organization you know like yeah. he texted me like he would text me like hey because like that's another thing people don't tell you about is like how do I get to the field? Like, what time are the buses? Like, you, you know, like, <laughs> what, like, you know, when the veterans get there, what time should the rookie get there? You know, those are all things that yeah. with a new organization, yeah. you know how they run. So yeah. right away he took me in, like, he gave me his phone number. He was like, Hey, just That's meet cool, me in man. the lobby at this time. We're going to do early stuff. He took me shopping in San Francisco. Wow. Um, yeah, so he he's been the man. Like even to this day, like he'll he'll tell me like if anything, like if I do anything that like you know a rookie, that like other people may be talking about, like the veterans, yeah, like yeah. he'll let you know. Was, yeah, there was one day I remember I uh, took BP like without a hat on, you know, like when everybody's wearing uh, a hat. So he'll just come up to me and be like, "Hey, like guys were kind of yeah, talking yeah. about you not wearing a hat. Just mm-hmm. make sure you." So it's like uh-huh. cool that like. I don't have to have people scolding me for it. He'll just come to me like he's like the guy behind the scenes, you know, telling me like what's going on so I can do everything right. Yeah, literally, like you said, the father figure. And it's always good to have that, man, especially when you're, like you said, the new kid in school, someone to show you around or someone to just kind of guide you. Yeah, guide you. That's that's always helpful. Yeah, like the the comparable would be like if you're the new kid at school and it's like you walk in and you, you sit at sit in somebody's seat at lunch when they sit there yeah. every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you need somebody yeah. to tell you, like... Tell you, like, yo. Like, you're yo, okay if seat. somebody tells you, but yeah. instead they go and talk about it behind your back, like, oh, who's this new kid? He thinks he can sit wherever he wants, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You'd rather somebody just tell you, like, tell you, hey, yeah. that dude sits there every day, just sit right over there, you know? It's... You need somebody, and, and a lot of times, and I think in a lot of orgs, you there's not a guy like that, so then you just become, like, this outcast of, like, Oh, that guy thinks he's this when really he's he's just as lost. He doesn't know what yeah, to do. Yeah, he doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, I really wanted to talk about this with you, Josh. Uh, this whole like I know you know you got your first hit, um, you know in uh, Colorado as well. But I wanted to talk about um, your first home run in Arizona to tie the game. You know, four four against the Dodgers. And that feeling must have been like, wow, because not only, you know, you know, you got your first hit, but you're away, but you're in your hometown and you got a yeah. big crowd and against the, and the against Dodgers. the, yeah, the Dodgers, man. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't get any better than that. How, what, what yeah, were you feeling, was, man? I saw some emotion around in first base a yeah. little bit. I was actually watching that live with the pops. So I was <laughs> yeah, like, that wow, was, that was crazy because in, and the crazy thing is I usually don't like yell like that and stuff. After, uh-huh. like, yeah, that's the first one. Screw that. You gotta let it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah. <laughs> The, the, what made that moment so special was the inning before there was a runner on second I believe <clears throat> and Kike mm-hmm. Hernandez hit a line drive to me and left that I misplayed and it got over my head mm-hmm. and it allowed mm-hmm. a run to score and that gave them the lead and I was like Dang, I gotta I redeem myself it. yeah I just blew yeah. it and I remember I was coming up that next inning and I was I wasn't thinking homer I was just thinking <laughs> I can't get out you know like yeah. I have yeah. to I have to show, I have to at least, like, provide some form of, uh, like, I have to help out in some way. Yeah, I got to trump say in some way. Yeah, I got to yeah. help out. I got to at least get on base and give us opportunity to make up that run. And when I hit that homer, I was just like, it was Damn. just like a relief. It, <laughs> was it happiness of, like, yeah. hitting a home run, yeah. tying the game? It was like a relief of, like, that's exactly what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was the perfect makeup for making the mistake the inning before. And the worst part is, 
it wasn't an error. So as far as the pitcher stats go, earned run. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you kind of feel guilty. Like, I'm yeah. lucky. I just put an earned run on this guy's stats. <laughs> I know pitchers really care about that too. So they're like, <laughs> yeah, probably a game of loss if we don't come back. So mm-hmm. just that that homer was like not only my first homer, which was huge mm-hmm. to get out of the way and like settle in, but it was also like a meaningful one, which was sick. Yeah, exactly. And that's what adds value to it because you know you even added value to the team right there. Boom, you know, yeah. just put everyone tied it up. What happened after you got back to the dugout? Everybody was, it was like going crazy. And like, I remember uh, after the game, Adam Jones gave me a pie to the face. Yeah, uh, yeah it, was, it was, it was sick. It was definitely a cool feeling. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, that is a dope experience, man. How about uh, spring training, man? Like, you're looking on, did you work on anything specifically this season? Um, yeah, so this offseason was big for me because, like I said, last year for spring training, we had like two weeks of spring training. And then it was banged, right? So we couldn't mm-hmm. work out anywhere. And so I just worked out at home with, like, I think I had, like, two, like, 25-pound dumbbells and, like, some resistance bands. Mm-hmm. So I was doing – actually, my boy Kakai was living with me at the time. So we were just doing workouts in the backyard. And then he went back to Hawaii, and I was still working out here and there, but it was, like, not looking like we were going to play a season. And then all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're back on. And I remember mm-hmm. at that point I was like 15 pounds underweight and just came yeah. into spring training struggling, didn't feel like I was ready. And so it was just a tough year all the way around in 2020. So this year, Oops. this off season, I was like, I got to come in ready to go. And so I mm-hmm. focused a lot on my eating. I worked out twice as hard. Uh, I slept. I got one of nice. those uh, those little whoop bands. I don't know if you heard of those, but – like track your uh, sleep and your activity and oh, i was just on top of uh, it all i was because normally like if i had morning workouts at eight i was still going to bed at like one o'clock you know because i could i could sleep yeah. any yeah. amount i wanted i could wake up in the morning and go after you know five hours six yep. hours didn't matter mm-hmm. but that's when i was talking about like how important sleep is like you read this activity tracker and it tracks like your output and like on nights i got if i got seven hours of sleep or six hours of sleep my output, and I got eight hours of sleep. My output was way higher, and you're like, yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't. Made a I thought I could difference, just yeah. drink some coffee and be good, be the same. Yeah. But you know, I started sleeping normally. Um, another thing I learned was that like the amount of times you wake up in your sleep without knowing it. So like, you know, you always like I don't know if you guys toss do, and turn. Yeah, I don't know if you guys do this when you're when you're uh, setting your alarm, but like. Mm-hmm. let's say you have to wake up at seven you count backwards like okay if i go to bed at this time i can get seven hours of sleep if i go to bed at this time mm-hmm. i get eight hours yeah, of sleep. yeah yeah i have yeah, an app so, that does that for me actually right it, so sleep you, cycles yeah yeah so i was doing mm-hmm. the same thing so you set your sleep cycles like okay yeah you do that little meter right so you do the, yeah okay i want eight <laughs> hours of sleep i yeah. go to bed at this time i wake up at and this it time. tells you yeah so you go to the watch and you actually learn like oh I laid in bed for eight hours, but how much sleep did I actually get? And it would turn oh. out to be six. Wow. So like your watch, really cool. this, this thing tells you like, okay, you got to lay in bed at this time in order to get th- these many hours of sleep. Yeah. It's wow. all those That's times. Pretty... That, like, What's it called? Wake up. It's called a whoop. W-H-O-O-P. 
that's sick. Ooh, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so these are all the things. So I came in this year. Um, I think I played at 180 last year, and this mm-hmm. year I came into spring training at 205. So, yeah, damn. Yeah, so I'm solid. <laughs> okay, what's the schedule like right now? Like for spring training, like are you working out every day, or yeah, so especially with at, COVID too? Yeah, so we start uh, every morning at 7:30, mm. and then. So we start at 7.30. So like these days, they're just practice days. So okay. 7.30 to about 12.30 or 1, depending on what – what I mean, depending on your position, you have different schedules, even by mm-hmm. player. Um, so you show up at 7.30, you're done by 12.30, 1.30. Um, and then obviously if you have a game that day, then it's 7.30, then you have lunch at 12.30, and then your game's at 1. Mm. So you have practice today? Yeah, so we practice every day. Oh, wow. No days game off. tomorrow. Yeah, and then we got a game tomorrow. So it'll be 7.30, lunch at 12, I think, as the schedule said, and then game at 1. Hey, that's pretty dope, So once dope, game man. starts, they're long days. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. That's another thing people don't realize is, like, it's not just the, the game. It's the whole Yeah, game. you see the games <laughs> on TV at, yeah, that's at it. like, we have a 7.05 game, right? But we're showing yeah. up at 12. Yeah. yeah. So, I wish you could That's just show up at six thirty. <laughs> I know, right? Just like, 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 like the whole days, like, school, like literally, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, do some arm circles real quick. Yeah. Just start throwing ball, hard. Club ball, you got a game at five. You show up at four thirty, and just you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Let's get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We're about to start wrapping it up soon, but I want to make sure we get on this topic because this is the real core of our podcast um we feel like everyone that's on that journey to the top man you know everyone has different levels of success um but for your case right now you know making it to the big leagues and actually staying there um we feel like there's wins and losses along the way meaning there's ups and downs there's major setbacks the losses could teach you more than your wins can sometimes um you know whether it's mentally physically whatever it is um, I wanted to touch on some losses, some major setbacks or times where you felt like you were at the lowest of your lows that helped you, you know, propel yeah, so you to I've where had, you are today. Like you said, those, I think you learn more from those than than any other situation because, mm-hmm. like I, I, I gave some examples, my junior year in college, mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on myself, bad year. Came back the next year, it was like, okay, I'm going to play free, I'm going to play fun, great year. Um and then I think in 2018 was a tough year for me. And I think that mainly was because I just had that, like, lack of focus. I was having fun, mm-hmm. you know, not sleeping, going out all the time, you know, having fun with my teammates and yeah. then showing up to the field and just assuming it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And when you're playing a game against other guys who are working – you can get outworked and I think if you get outworked it shows on the field and so I came back in 19 like just super focused on this is what needs to be done on and off the field in order for me to perform and there were some changes I made I mean Mm -hmm. in 19 in 18 I was in Texas which I don't know if you know this but 
Whataburger is huge in oh, Texas. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. It's huge in Texas. Uh-huh. I was I was a frequent visitor to Whataburger. Actually, the field <laughs> in Corpus was called Whataburger Field. Oh, oh my gosh! So you know, I was their chocolate know, shakes like, are crazy. Oh man, <laughs> that's the thing. Like at Millennium, you know, you got the Whataburger right down. It's the right there. Yeah, oh, right there. Yeah. Everybody thinks like ah, it's not that good. You know, you don't go there. You go to like Burger King or something else. In and out, but, yeah, in and out, you know. But water in Texas, it's huge. So I was yeah. there all the time. And then in '19, I came back and I was like, "No more Whataburger. Stay away from that place." So I was like, <laughs> I was, I was eating way better. I was sleeping way better. Um, Makes a difference. And that, and that was, yeah, that was the difference. I, I trained harder that off season. I was actually lifting harder in season than I was any season previous college or in 17 or 18 in 19 i was actually lifting every two three days hard and and i never really did that before because i hated playing sore but i Mm -hmm. came to realize like you can play a little sore it doesn't affect your ability to play it might Mm -hmm. be not as comfortable as playing loose but Mm -hmm. yeah you're stronger you're faster you're quicker if you just work out and and stay healthy because it's not like football where you get six days off in between to work out and recover. Yeah, yeah, like you're yeah, playing every, every single day. day. So Never. if you're not working out and playing sore a couple games here and there, then you're not working out at all. So Thanks. just being comfortable with playing sore and working out. And then yeah. obviously the, my biggest setback I think to this day was in 2020, just not coming in prepared, just assuming there wasn't going to be a season – than there was mm-hmm. and then having to get ready yeah it was like yeah. i was playing catch up the whole time and it was that that set me up for the the off season i had this off season so i'm hoping great. that that setback in 2020 and Can the work that you. i put in <laughs> will will bring me back and, and hopefully i have a good year this year because even in 2020 i wasn't up the whole year i was mm-hmm. up for the first 10 games with only one at bat and I got sent down, and I was down for until like the last two weeks of the season. Then I got called back up, so that was like a very up and down year, just yeah. just struggling, just battling. Yeah, that grinding. feeling could be. Yeah, yeah, just that was. I was in one of those scenarios where like every at bat I was trying to change something, trying to do too much. Like every yeah. at bat I got was like, okay, I got to prove that I earn, that I can play tomorrow. Just in your head. Just in my head, hard. You yeah. know, just mm-hmm. but it all came down to me not being ready physically but when mm-hmm. you're in it you don't want to tell yourself that you want to just tell yourself of course like, not yeah yeah like all right i'm just gonna do this and it's gonna be the fix you know i'm just gonna yeah. mm-hmm. do this with my hands and i'll be good and every day it doesn't work you go home and you're like in front of the mirror like okay i'm gonna try this tomorrow it doesn't work i'm gonna try this but it all came yeah. down to just not being strong enough mobile enough just wasn't ready physically so this year i made sure that those changes that I want to make mechanically mm-hmm. will be the right changes, and it's not because of mm-hmm. I'm not strong enough or I'm not ready physically. Yeah, no, I think that's great though that you were actually able to, you know, recognize. pick out those things. Yeah, recognize those things for what it is, and not be discouraged, and actually, you know, flip it and actually, you know, try to make something out of it instead of just being down on yourself about it. You know, yeah. you can't do that at the level you're at. You know, everyone's there's people competing around the whole damn. You know, country. Yeah. And so. Would you say not dwelling on it too much, or like how you were saying, like in your head, 
Like yeah, maybe, I think the, yeah, yeah. the biggest thing is like progressing, right? So like I, you've heard McGregor like say it. McGregor. He says, I, I don't, what does he say? It's like something like, uh, something about his losses. He says like, God, I can't remember the line. I used to say it all the time. Oh, I don't lose, <laughs> I learn. I don't oh, lose, no. I learn. That's what he always says. Yeah, it's not a loss, and, it's a lesson. Right. It's not a loss, it's a lesson. So, like, if you take mm-hmm. it, like, I could have went, if I, if, like, let's say I had the year 2020, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have easily came out of that year and just thought, like, all right, I'm going to change something mechanically or um, I got to make changes here and there. But instead, I took it and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to just work harder in every aspect i'm gonna take lifting seriously i'm gonna take eating seriously i'm gonna take sleeping seriously i'm gonna take everything that i can control seriously mm-hmm. and then we'll see where i end up because yeah. if you just keep changing one thing it's you know not, you're, it's not yeah. it you know it's, yeah it's like somebody that does something wrong over and over and over it's like all right let's maybe not do that one anymore yeah. so that's where i was at i was like all right let's let's change Physically, mentally, mentally, and then and can control now, what you can control. Yeah, yeah, and then now after we do all those things, now let's work on the mechanical stuff. And if it still doesn't work out, then maybe it ain't just for you. Then maybe it ain't for you. <laughs> yeah, switch the bat or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And maybe blame someone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey no. man. All right. On the flip side. Now, I hear you. On the flip side, though, all the wins, the major milestones, um, I can only imagine, I'm sure, is making it to the big leagues. I know that had to have been one big accomplishment. Um, but any other along, any others along the way that kind of helped you, like Star said, propel to the next level, um, um, you know, in college or high school, game-changing yeah, moments? The thing for me was, like, looking back on it, I remember I was talking to uh, one of my teammates about this, but think when you make it to your ultimate goal you get to look back on all your decisions because every decision Mm -hmm. has so much like he said earlier crossroads right every decision you make has crossroads i can go this way or i can go this way Mm -hmm. and at every single one you don't know what's at the end of that road you know everybody wishes you could see what's at the end of the road and know like okay this is the right decision or this is the right decision yeah it happens so many times where you make a decision it's the wrong one and you got to go back and make the other decision so i think when you mm-hmm. make it to where your goal was you get to look back on all decisions and be like dang that was the right one that was the right one and mine for me personally was out of high school going to junior college instead of mm-hmm. trying to impress trying to go to that d1 around, and impress everybody yeah, yeah make a big splash and go to a d1 and then not play i think being humble yeah. and going to where i thought was the best fit you know, because even you have friends that go to ASU and you're at a junior college, mm-hmm. and it's like you see that you see their Instagram posts, their Snapchat stories. Mm-hmm. You're like, Dang, you see them on Miller. So Island. much fun! <laughs> yeah, they're having so much fun mm-hmm. at ASU. They're going to these big parties. <laughs> they got all this going mm-hmm. on, going to the football yeah. games. And you're like, I'm over here at a junior college. I don't even have a football team. You know, you got a different goal though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and way that's different goal. You get yeah. to the end and you get to see like. See, that was the right decision. That, yeah. that was mm-hmm. the smart move. Even though at the time it wasn't the popular choice, that was the right move. Same thing with going to Hawaii. Um, 
you look like at the time it's like do I want to cra- travel across the ocean to go play on a rock or, <laughs> or on a rock or do I want to be the second guy at ASU and have a sick status have a sick uh, sick header saying ASU baseball player <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. like, that would have been that would have been sick to just be on the ASU baseball team and say I was yeah. on the ASU baseball team and Mm-hmm. Do all that fun stuff. Go to the tailgates, and I think it's more respectable though when you do go the route that you went. Right, you know what I mean, because you, you make your own path, basically. Right, mm-hmm. and, and that's and like, where that's why, like, when you get at the end, like, even even if I didn't make the big leagues, those were still the mm-hmm. best choice. But Definitely. it is cool when you make it, and then you get to go back and say that for sure. Yeah. Like now you get to tell everybody else, like, <clears throat> see, that was the right choice. That I made the right choice there. I made the right choice there. Obviously. There's little choices in those decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, not not taking the weight room seriously in college. Yeah, um, or eating habits or whatever. Or, or not habits. eating or not yeah. sleeping or yep. going out late and then eating late. And all those little decisions that you, you make and, like, I made those and I had mm-hmm. tough years. And then you get to the end and you say, okay, I'm going to go and choose the other path. I'm going to see how Reflect. this one chooses. Instead mm-hmm. of, you know, you, you still have guys that – go down that path, have a bad year, and then go down the same path again, you know? So yeah. I think it's happened to, to the perfect person, man, especially with the, the guy who wants to, you know, the end goal is to coach, you know what right. I mean? So at, at the end of the day, you're guiding people, you know, in the position that you once were in. So if you can lead them in the better direction, I mean, dude, yeah, you have that ahead. experience for when you do coach, you can tell them all these stories, man. <laughs> do not yeah. eat at Whataburger, get your <laughs> yeah. sleep. Take the weight yeah. room seriously. Get a whoop. <laughs> I'm yeah. about to get one now. I need one of those things. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to coach was because I didn't take the uh, the top prospect path. You know, I didn't go mm-hmm. from high school. Basically, an underdog path. Right. I didn't go from high school to a D1 star to a top draft pick. You know, it's hard mm-hmm. for those guys to coach because not everybody – has that they ability. didn't go through the exactly yeah. there's not relatable the you know what i mean yeah. it's not going to yeah. resonate with those people as much as exactly. yeah man it was kind of handed to them almost i mean they did work for it but they right. didn't have to struggle right. and most most players have to struggle to get yeah. to where they want to be so that's yep. really cool there's so many different paths to the same goal even in other sports you got nfl guys you got top top picks who are successful you also got mm-hmm. the undrafted guys who are successful. Exactly. It goes both ways. All right, man. We're probably about to wrap it up. I do want to, you know, let you leave some um, encouraging words. words. Yeah. yeah, words of advice maybe for those that, you know, are maybe just graduating in a COVID year uh, playing baseball or, or don't know, know where they're going to go for college or even maybe Little League players. Yeah. What's the key, man? I think the biggest thing is is staying on your path. Think trying to create your own path and and at every step of the way is picking the decision that's going to be best for your future and not on the popular choice i think a lot of people mm-hmm. get stuck on the popular choice um, that's true you know even when it comes to finding a job like don't pick the job because it's the popular choice pick one you're going to enjoy and that you think yeah. mm-hmm. you can do for a long time you have a lot of people that go into a career or go to a college just because of the the notoriety. Yeah, just the name. because it's it's the cool thing to do or it's what you're supposed to do instead of 
carving out your own path, doing what you enjoy, just like you guys, you know, with this podcast. It's mm-hmm. something you enjoy, something that's mm-hmm. that's good for the people. It's good for people to watch. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's not the popular choice. I'm sure you hear it all the time, like, people start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, you know what? <laughs> That's yeah. not that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to have a nine to five. You're supposed to go work nine to five. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it, it's like that's not all to life. You know, it's it's yeah. it's not all about sitting in that's, office and working yeah. a job you hate. You know, it's it's about mm-hmm. doing something you love, doing something that's cool, create your own path, and, and find your own success. Oh, well said, man. Well said oh, yeah. for sure man hey thank you again for stopping by you know we really appreciate it man good luck luck this season josh appreciate you you know um stopping by like i said virtually hopefully next time man you can stop by in person later on if we have you back on or something like that that would be cool yeah Um, but in the meantime man i'm your host adam perez thank you for tuning in to the wins and losses podcast and until next time guys peace peace